Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ordinary Podcast. And let me start off this week's episode like I do each and every week. And that is start off by saying thank you to all of you who decided to take a chance on this little show of mine. My name is Shad. I am, for better or worse, the face, voice, and brains of a little website known as polynerdic.com. And this is our nerd-centric life and culture podcast for adults. I say for adults because sometimes when I'm excited about stuff, sometimes, you know, when, when I'm just passionate about something, when any of us here are passionate about something, uh, although you generally only hear my voice, we can get a little sweary. Those naughty little four-letter words just tumble out on occasion, and I feel like it's inauthentic. If I restrain myself and script everything or go back and put in a little moment of silence or an explosion or some cutesy sound effect, I feel like that makes it less of a conversation. And that's what I want this show to feel like. I want it to feel like a conversation. If I screw up and I stutter and stammer or mispronounce a word and have to go back and say it again, I don't take that out. If I say um, if I say like, if there's a pregnant pause while I think, I leave all that in because if you and I are sitting face to face, if we're driving down the road together, walking down the street, buying groceries, whatever, whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast, if I were really there and we were talking or in the case of this podcast, I was talking and you were listening, I couldn't take that stuff back. If I fucked up and said, um, or, or, uh, I pronounced the word diagnostic as diagnostic. I, I don't get to take that back. You, you, you heard the mistake. The mistake's out there. And that's how I like this to be. Now, some might consider that amateur hour. Some might consider it, you know, lame, bad, poor podcasting. But that's what I like. I like my podcasts that aren't interrupted by ads. Now, granted, this one's not interrupted by ads because I have no advertisers. But I like, you know, all the ads to be at the beginning and the end of a show. I like the meat of the show to just be the conversation, whether it's a panel, two people, or one person monologuing. And that's what I do with this show. That's what this show will continue to be. If it ever takes off, which, fuck it, I doubt it. If it ever takes off, that's what it'll continue to be. Ads at the beginning, ads at the end, conversation in the middle. Whether it's one, two, three, four, whatever. All the talking, the meat of the podcast sandwich, (laughs) if you will. Right there in the middle. You know, without without being fucked with. Without the censorship, without all that. That is my intent for this podcast. And as long as it's my podcast and I have complete control over it, that's what it's going to be. All that said, if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. It means the world to me that you liked what you heard enough to come back for more. And if you're new here, if you've just stumbled across the show and you've made it through three minutes and 30 seconds of me babbling, I hope you stick around and come back for more. I like what I do here. I hope you like it too. Today is Saturday, October 12th, 2019. The year is coming to a close, folks. We're almost at Halloween. And this is going to be episode number 123. All right, as always, I uh, when it's just me talking, which is, again, most of the episodes, I like to start off with what I've been up to. 
in the week between episodes. Uh, I finished Control this week. Uh, absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, for the most part, there are some issues with it. I wrote my review. Uh, it's 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 been a light year for reviews, uh, but I wrote a dedicated review, review piece this week. It went up on polynerk.com on Thursday. Make sure you check it out. Uh, I think quite highly of the game. Uh, I consider it a must-buy. I, I do call out the issues I found with it because uh, it wasn't a perfect game. Um, I, there's some design issues from you know the way checkpointing works and how that makes some boss fights frustrating to uh, long load times, some technical issues, you know, a little bit of frame rate issue, issues at times. Um, not a ton, but it was there. It was present. Not a perfect game, but a strong contender for game of the year for me. And I, I mean that with all sincerity. I think it's a, a crying shame that this game is underselling. Uh, some people are considering it a bomb. It's been out for a month and a half, I think, and it hasn't cracked the top 20. Uh, I think that's a shame. It's, it's Remedy's best work. It is a very well-fleshed-out game. The world is amazing. Um, I said it in my review, and I'll say it here. Not since Red Dead Redemption 2 have I been in love with the game's world as much as I was this one. Like last year with Red Dead Redemption 2, I could not stop thinking about the game. I still think about the game. I just posted a thing a couple weeks ago about here we are a year on, and I still think about Arthur Morgan and his story. Controls the same way. It doesn't hit the same emotional notes by, by, by any escape of the imagination. I'm not saying it's as emotional or even as gripping a story. But the world and what goes on in it and the, the, the just the general universe it, it creates or joins, depending on your take on the some of the, the rumored material and uh, the, the content in the game, um, is fucking amazing. Absolutely fucking amazing. The game's absolutely brilliant. That's all, that's all I, I want to add to what I already wrote. Please go to polyneric.com and read that review. Give it a look. It's not very long. I didn't write pages. Just wrote some paragraphs. It, it's uh, good stuff. I, I really, really loved it. Um, but after I finished it, I was left kind of, kind of, kind of wanting more. Like I, I didn't, I didn't have. I have Yakuza Three to play, and I, I'm enjoying it. But it is a slow burn. It is starting very slow. Um, it's not really something I wanted to stream. That's, that's the thing. Games with a lot of text in them, I, I don't like to stream because I can read fairly quickly and I always feel like I'm ruining the experience for people that are watching because I'm just clicking through. Just, okay, Reddit click, Reddit click, Reddit click, you know? Um, and Yakuza 3 being an older game that is very sparsely vo- voice acted um, doesn't translate well to stream. So I spent a good portion of the week trying to figure out what the hell I was going to stream. Um, at one point, I, I started to, to uh, try to return to Vampire and stream some more of that, but I had technical issues, and then I ended up streaming a couple things of Polynerd Pro Wrestling with Fire Pro Wrestling World. Those went up this week. I did a, 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 an eight-man Royal Rumble, and, or eight-man Battle Royal, excuse me, and then a uh, four-man single elimination tournament. Uh, so th- those went up. On Wednesday and Friday, you know, it, uh, it it's it was hard to stream. Um, last night, Thursday night, I did stream some Tetris Effect. 
Uh, I haven't played Tetris Effect in a very long time, so that was fun. Uh, that will probably co- go up the following Thursday, uh, the 17th. I'll probably have that go up on the 17th. I called it Thursday Night Tetris. I might as well post it on Thursday night in the coming week. Uh, I thought it was really chill, really fun. Uh, I like Tetris a lot. I particularly like Tetris when it's in the 1 to 5 speed range. I don't care for it when it gets real fast. Um, which is funny because I had a, a revelation today at work. Um, excuse me if it's uh, TMI, but I was standing at the urinal and I was thinking about Tetris while I was pissing. And I, it occurred to me that like a lot of the problems I have with my job are the same problems I have with Tetris. The things I like about my job are the same things I like about Tetris. I like an even-paced puzzle. I, li- I like being able to try to figure out what needs to be done. That's a large part of my job is trying to, you know, you look at a thing and you got to try to figure out where it went wrong and what needs to be done to fix it. And then, but there's an added element of you have to, there's an expectation that you do about six and a half accounts an hour, um, which means you can't spend any more than 10 minutes on any one account on average. Um, And I might be over, overstating the, the actual amount that I'm expected to do. I might be off by my, on my math here. Let me, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to figure it out here. Hold on. There's a, that number divided by that number. Yeah. It's like just under six, um, that you have, that you're expected to work, uh, an hour in in order to, to make your, productivity and sometimes things are going really well and you're just burning through it like for example today I had a period where I was able to work seven accounts in about 30 minutes um, if I kept on that pace that's 14 an hour that's a lot that's damn near a hundred by the end of the day but it doesn't work that way you know you don't you don't always have those periods sometimes you could only work a single account in an hour and it's it's garbage. Um, but that was my, my big revelation at the pisser today was that when Tetris speeds up, I don't like it as much, you know, I I like it when it's an even pace and I can, I have the time to look at the block that's coming, look at the field at the bottom and go, this goes here. Uh, that's how we fix this. You know, that's how we get our Tetrises and we clear the four rows in completion, you know? Um, I thought that was funny. I thought it was worth sharing, to be honest. Uh, so I did stream a little bit of Tetris. Uh, before I streamed Tetris, I thought real hard about what I was going to stream because, you know, it's still October. It's still Halloween season. Kind of want to keep to the creepy game stuff. But um, I couldn't find anything. It made me sad. I uh, I downloaded World War, World War Z on Game Pass on the Xbox. I played about 10 minutes of it, saw what it was, uninstalled that shit. Like, I kind of knew what it was before I installed it, but I had to give it a shot. It's essentially a third person left for dead. And, you know, A, I was playing solo uh, because I have no friends. And B, it's, you know, it's a budget game. It definitely has the feel of a budget game. Uh, the zombie animations are, are not spectacular. Uh, the... The big swarm that attacks you at one point. Um, if you've seen the World War Z movie, you know what I'm talking about. Not good looking. 
In fact, the most impressive animation in the entire game is the uh, the bit where the um, the zombies are all climbing a wall, just like in the movie. You know, they're stacking up on top of each other. That's probably the best looking tech in the game is the climbing stuff. Um, the rest of it's pretty mediocre. I didn't like it. I spent a good portion. There's there's a part where you have to defend a position um, against a, a, a wave, just like in the movie. And I basically had my three AI companions standing with me, and then I stood on an escalator, which narrowed the, you know, kind of bottlenecked it a bit. And I literally took out, you know, for like a solid minute, just slack, ha, uh, hey, hacking and slashing is what I'm trying to say. These, these zombies with a machete, and it's like, this is not fun, and it was on the normal difficulty level. I wasn't even playing it on easy. Um, did enjoy it, uninstalled it, uh, so you won't see any of that on my shows. I, I won't make any content with that. I did, however, fire up Assassin's Creed Odyssey for the first time ever. I bought it earlier this year when it was on sale. It came out about a year ago, I think I said in the video I, put, I made, um, October 5th of 2018, so... A year and five days later, I fired it up for the first time. Streamed about an hour, hour and a half of it, I think. Uh, that'll be going up shortly on Plynerc.com as well. Um, fucking, it's pretty good. I, I like it. Um, I like Cassandra. I, I chose to play as her uh, because I had read enough about what a dope the dude was. I, I just wanted to not play as a dopey guy. Um, Cassandra's kind of a badass, just like all the Assassin's Creed characters. Learning the controls that, you know, they mix some stuff up because you've, you've got a, a spearhead and a, a short sword as your weapons. Um, you don't have the hidden blades at this point in the game. I don't think you ever get them in this game. Uh, it plays a lot like Origins. It's definitely the sequel to Origins. But at the same time, like, I was talking to Chelsea about it on the way home. I just don't think Ancient Greece is as fascinating as Ancient Egypt is. Um... I really loved running around Egypt, climbing on the pyramids, getting under the Sphinx, all that stuff. Uh, liked it a whole lot. That whole era of history is amazing. But then, you know, I don't have anything against Greece, ancient Greece uh, specifically. Um, it's a good part of history. You know, a lot of stuff came from that era. You know, a lot of very important philo philosophical stuff came from ancient Greece. I'm not an ancient Greece expert. You know, architecture, culture, all that stuff. I just don't find running around in ancient Greece to be nearly as interesting. Um, but I am immature enough to find it funny that when you climb the Statue of Zeus pretty close to the beginning of the game, they, you know, ridiculous freaking cock and balls on the statue just right there. I didn't do it, but you can apparently climb out on it and just hang on it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's dumb and immature, but funny. But I played a little bit of it, played a couple missions. You know, I think I'm level two or three on my, you know, my RPG ever-growing experience scale. Uh, but I liked it. I'll play more of it. I think I'll do the same thing with it, though, that I did with so many other games. Um, where I just, I don't play the whole game. I just play bits and pieces of it. Like, because it's a lot of game. It's not the only game I'm playing right now. I'm still working through a lot of my backlog. Still working on Fire Emblem. Still working on... Um, Phoenix Wright, I need to get back to that. Still working on Blasphemous, still working on Bloodstained, still working on Yakuza 3. Have a lot of games to play, not a lot of time to play them, uh, you know, because I'm a working man and I, I have to, uh, 
I have to do my real job and then take care of stuff around the house and spend quality time with my girlfriend and all that stuff. Uh, all before we get to the, the game stuff. Um, I also this week started reading Felicia Day's new book uh, entitled Embrace Your Weird. Um, that's It's a uh, it's kind of like a self-helpish book for creative types. Yeah, it's got these little exercises in it to help like flex your creativity, that part of your brain. Um, the importance of just making a thing. Yeah, that's been a thing for a long time. A lot of nerdy creative types that have moderate fame have pushed that. You know, just make the thing you're wanting to make. Write the book you're wanting to write. Paint the picture you want to paint. Do whatever it is, but you got to do it. You know, don't expect fame. Don't expect fortune. Just make the creative thing, and that you know, try to find joy in that. That's something I struggle with every day. You know, not not making a living doing something creative and artistic drives me nuts. I I hate I hate every job I've ever had. There are some jobs I thought were cooler than others, and some jobs that didn't bother me as much, but. Every job, every job I've ever had, I, I've wanted to be doing something else. And it, it's a, not a great way to live. Um, especially jobs that take everything out of you. I've had jobs that just by the time I come home, I'm physically exhausted. Currently, I have a job that I'm mentally exhausted. Like, it takes me a good four and a half, five hours after work on Friday to be in a position to record this podcast. Because I... I mean, you may think this of me all the time, but I sound like an idiot when I come home from work. I can't talk. I, I can't think. I can't. I just want to sit and stare at a TV. And it doesn't even necessarily have to have anything interesting on it. It could just be, you know, swirling flames and like a Yule log kind of thing or a fish tank or something. I just, I just need to not think for a little bit to let my brain reset. Uh, because my job is very mentally taxing. As I said, it's kind of Tetrisy or puzzly in a way all day long. And high stress because you have, you know, you're dealing with money, you're dealing with people, you have a time limit. It's all very, very, very exhausting. So I, I, I really love this book for that because it emphasizes just make the thing, you know. Uh, the exercise I just read, because there's exercises throughout it, as I said, was... Um, to sit down one night after work and just watch an hour of TV. And then when it's done, really think about how you feel about what you watched. And then like the next night or night afterwards, um, sit down and write, sit down and draw, sit down and paint, whatever your artistic medium is, sit down and do that for the same amount of time that you watch TV. And then think about how you feel afterwards. Um, did you sleep better? on the night that you did the creative stuff? Did you sleep better on the night that you watched TV? You know, that sort of thing. Um, I really, really appreciate the book. And I'm, not, I'm I'm literally only like 30 pages in, but it's it's been a nice read so far. Uh, I'm also still reading the, the Witcher Tower of Swallows, um, the penultimate Witcher novel. I think I've got one more to go on it. Um, but I put it aside for a little bit while I read this book from Felicia Day because I've been really, really, really itching to expand my creativity. Uh, you know, I do this podcast every week. I I, I do the video stuff for polynerd.com. I do the, the written stuff for polynerd.com. But I've been dying to tell a story for years. Like, I used to back 
15 years ago, come home from work and write for two, three hours a night. You know, I'd take care of my kids, get them in bed, and then I'd write till like 1130 midnight, you know, from the time they went to bed till just about midnight, I would write. And I never finished anything. Like I would always get like halfway, three quarters of the way into a story and then not like it or try to change it or start get the worst one would be get an idea for something else and start toying with that and never going back and finishing the original thing. Uh, that's, I've just had that powerful, powerful desire for a while now. And uh, I just, I think I need to get back into it. I just need to find a way to juggle it. Maybe, you know, structure my week, you know, uh, Jocko Willink has a line about discipline equals freedom. Um, and he applies it in more of a physical way, which, you know, Lord knows I could use that too. Um, but I think I need to maybe structure my creativity a little bit to the point that like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do polynerdic stuff and Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, or excuse me, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I do writing, um, you know, whatever it takes, I guess, to, to get it done. Um, it's all worth a thought. It's just I'm just spitballing, kind of brainstorming out loud with you, my listeners. Um, but that's what I've been up to this week. That, that's that's a good solid 20 minutes of, of what I did the last week. You know, the stuff I played, the stuff I was into, the stuff I've been reading, stuff I've been thinking about. I, I do a lot of thinking. I, I live in my head. Um, it's one of the things, like I, I joked about it a little on Twitter this week, that like, I don't know how to friend. Um, I, I'm I'm not I'm not a bad friend per se, but I'm very bad at making friends. Uh, I have worked where I've worked for almost nine months now, and I have not found a single kindred spirit uh, other than my girlfriend. But I didn't find her. I brought her to work. Um, I got her a job where I'm at on the on a different team. Um, but aside from her. Not really. Like, there's the guy that I used to work with that got me this job. Uh, was my foot in the door, so to speak. Um, we get along, but we're not buddies. Uh, he's 10 years younger, and he's, like, super into sports and football and, and, and you know, high school football, college football, um, NFL, baseball. Uh, he has a baseball podcast, or he did for a while. I don't know if they continue. I don't know if they did it this year or not. But last season, they had him and a buddy had a – a baseball podcast for the Reds uh, about the Reds, not for the Reds. Um, but like, we're not, we're not tight. We're not close. You know, we used to talk about video games. I don't think he plays video games that often anymore. Um, we used to talk about movies, but you know, again, uh, as life changes happen, you know, you don't have as much time to, uh, go to the movies. It was one thing when we both work third shift and then you just get off work, go see a movie you know, get something to eat, go see a movie, and then go to bed. Uh, working first shift now is a completely different world. Um, I find personally doing stuff out with people, you know, whether it's getting your haircut, getting your oil changed, um, shopping, it's all much harder as a first shifter than it was as a third shifter. Um, but I was joking about it on Twitter that, like, I just, I don't, I haven't bonded with anybody. I don't, um, like I, I'm like right in the middle of most of the age groups. It feel I feel like most people where I work are either fifty up or twenty five to twenty. Like there's even a few nineteen year olds that I work with, 
And like the younger crowd, they don't have families. They don't have kids. They don't have spouses. Some of them have, you know, significant others, partners, girlfriends, boyfriends. Um, I got nothing to talk about with them. And then you flip the flip the coin and the other side of the coin, so to speak, and you got the older people who have families and kids and you know, a lot of them are empty nesters and they're just completely not in my world. Um, and then I'm in this like there's a very small group of us that are like from like, say, 27 to 37, you know, like there's or, or 40. Um, and I haven't found anybody that I, I'm like clicked with. So it makes for a very lonely work day. Like, I got my girlfriend. I got some people I can talk to and I'm friendly with. I'm civil to. But, you know, we're not going out for drinks after work. We're not spending the week, the, you know, the the nod kid weekends. We're not there fucking grilling out and shit. You know, we don't, we don't have that kind of relationships. I forget what my point was with that. Um, other than I was talking about it on Twitter. I, I don't know. I've, I've lost my train of thought. Let's get into the news. Got some big news this week. Some crazy stuff happened. Some idiotic stuff happened. Uh, some games came out. So let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's get just right right out the gate. Let's talk about it. It's shocking no one. Sony announced the next PlayStation will be called the PlayStation Five. They also announced that it has a release window of holiday 2020, uh, which is not really a. That doesn't really narrow it down. We know sometime between, let's say, the end of October and the end of the year. Um, a lot of people are talking about the new controller idea. They, they've mentioned that they're revamping the controllers. They haven't called it a DualShock 5. We haven't officially seen it branded that. But it, uh, they're talking about haptic feedback for it, where like the, the, the vibration will be di- noticeably different. Like there, There'll be a significant difference between... like a character sneezing and a car crash. Um, they talked about also the buttons having resistance or like you've got to really push them in to do certain things. Um, we'll see how that works. Sounds gimmicky to me, um, but if it, if, it, if it feels good, I'll enjoy it. I just, you know, I wonder about battery life on the controller because uh, we all know that the vibration can kill the battery on a controller. If you turn vibration off on a game, it, your controller will last significantly longer. At least I find that to be so on the Xbox. Uh, with the PlayStation controller having that big light on it, I'm not sure how how its battery life is. Other than I feel like the PlayStation controllers die pretty fucking quick. Um, that's just me. That's just I, like I have one that doesn't hold a charge at all. You unplug it, and then within a half hour, you've got to plug it back in. Uh, another big piece of gaming news is uh, Doom Eternal got delayed to March, March 20th specifically. Uh, which is also the release date of the new Animal Crossing game. And so one of my favorite tweets I saw this week was the duality of man, (laughs) and it was Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal side by side. Um, Bethesda says they want to make the game the best it can be, and I'm all for that. Like I was excited for Doom Eternal, uh, but I do not have a, let's say, lack of games to play. and that's not even counting the games that aren't out yet that will be out soon. Uh, just on the games I own and need to finish, uh, I have plenty to do. So Doom being delayed sucks, but also understandable, and I'm okay with it. Um, another big, huge piece of news that everyone was talking about is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is officially coming to PC. 
lot of people thought this would never happen because the last Red Dead didn't come to PC. But when Rockstar launched their own storefront, launcher, whatever you want to call it, on PC, kind of saw this coming. Like, that seemed like a logical first step. Uh, they're not, I, I don't know if that means they're not going to be selling Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Epic Store or Steam, uh, but you can sure as hell buy it directly from Rockstar on their launcher in the near future. Red Dead Redemption 2, by the way, in case you didn't know, arguably one of the greatest video games ever made. Certainly one of the video best video game stories ever made. I know people have problems with it being a video game. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, slow movement, all that. Um, not giving you enough freedom. Um, I thought it was a fantastic game. Absolutely my game of 2018 and maybe of all time, in my opinion. Because I'm, I'm a story guy. I like a narrative game. Nothing wrong with games that are just, you know, run and jump on some mushrooms and save the princess, but, like, Red Dead Redemption 2's story was just hit it out of the park. It is a fucking masterpiece. New releases uh, coming soon or already out. John Wick Hex. I'm not sure if it's out yet or not. Um, I... Enjoyed it, or not, not, um, excuse me. I enjoyed the idea of John Wick Hex. Um, I was a little skeptical of the, uh, the hex based, uh, turn based action of it. And, uh, so I watched the Giant Bomb video of it. Giant Bomb put up a quick look of it, and I have, I have no desire to play this game now. Um, I don't like, like I said, the way it works, uh, the art style I can live with, but the like the way it is turn based, and you have these two bars or more bars depending on how many enemies you're looking at, and you have to get the timing down. I understand what they're going for. They're going on. They're going for that like John Wick calculated killer thing, where he knows that okay, I've got six bullets and there's seven guys, so if I shoot this guy over here, duck, shoot that guy over there shoot that guy there, throw my gun at that guy, pick this guy's gun up. That That's what they're going for. And at the end of the of the mission, of the level, the area, whatever you want to call it, when you get to the end, it replays it all in full time, or full time, at full speed, uh, with some camera cuts and stuff, trying to make it look special. But my problem with it is, is that, like a lot of the way that the dots are laid out, leads to John idiotically zigzagging for no reason. Um, and then there's issues of like, if you're just moving around waiting for enemies to get close to you or whatever, you end up with like this weird anxious looking, uh, pacing back and forth, John Wick. And then my biggest complaint with it. And I said it while we were watching it and I'm not going to take credit for it. I don't believe this is my idea. Uh, I believe others have probably seen it and thought of it too. Why the fuck was this not done in the style of super hot? How do you make a John Wick game and not make it in a similar style? It doesn't have to be first person, but a similar style to Superhot. In Superhot, things don't move unless you're moving. So you have a, a, a moment to look and go, okay, I need to grab this sword, slice this guy that's running at me, duck to the right, throw the sword at the guy who just shot at me, grab his shotgun out of the air before it falls, spin around, duck, shotgun this guy in the 
in the face. You know, like if you've ever played Super Hot, it's fucking amazing the way they use the time manipulation stuff in your movement and the combat. John Wick should have fucking been a super hot game. Again, doesn't have to have the same art style with the white rooms and the and the red enemies and all that stuff, but the gameplay of Super Hot is tailor made to be applied to the John Wick license, not the turn based hex gridded fucking thing that they made, man. Like, I don't know. I haven't played it. It might be a great game, but from an outsider's perspective, looking at it and knowing my taste. That's not the John Wick I want to play. The John Wick I want to play is the super hot John Wick. You know, the John Wick done in the super hot style. That's what it should have been. I don't understand why it wasn't. I The John Wick Hex game just does not look good. Does not look good. There's a new Burger Time game. That sentence is not one I expected to say this week. Uh, if ever again, um, I loved Burger Time growing up. I grew up in arcades, you know the the old dingy, dark rooms in the mall and at the movie theaters and stuff where they had games that you just pumped quarters in. Kids, like I fucking loved arcades growing up, and Burger Time, one of my favorites. I think real quick, the three I, I remember playing the most as a kid were Burger Time. Rampage and Joust. Those were my three that I, I remember playing the most growing up. So, like, Burger Time is just... For those of you who've never played Burger Time, it's the game where you run across... You play as a little chef dude, and it's like a, a tower of stuff, and you run across the ingredients, and they drop down, and then there's angry food trying to kill you. And you get points if you drop, like, the, the burger bun on top of the, the egg guy and the pickle guy. Um, it's It's... A fun game. It's out on the Switch. Uh, I just don't want to pay 20 bucks for it. I think Burger Time is a good time, but it's not a $20 good time, in my opinion. Uh, I'm excited to see it's back, though. I'm going to, believe me, I'm going to watch the Switch Marketplace like a fucking hawk waiting for that price drop. If I see it for 10 bucks, 15 bucks, I, I, might, be, I might be in there, man. Uh, I love me some Burger Time. And then I've got one more news story, and then we get to some stupid stuff. Uh, we're going to end with the stupid. Uh, Apex Legends Season 3 started this week. They have a new character, new map. I have really fallen off of Apex Legends. I was super into it back at the beginning of the year, probably up through about March. Or, excuse me, through about the beginning of May. Um, played a ton of it. Even though, even though I, as I said before, I don't have friends, so I didn't have anybody to play with. Um, so I was always playing with randoms. I enjoyed Apex for what it was. I, uh, I didn't, you know, the, the three man team thing gets a little old when you're playing with randoms. Um, but I enjoyed it. Played a lot of it. Haven't played it in a very, very, very long time. Um, probably, it's probably been two months, maybe three since the last time I played it. Uh, so I, I thought about getting back into it to check out this new map and stuff, but then I was like, oh no, no. The people that are playing Apex have been playing Apex all year long. And uh, there's a skill, a skill ceiling. Um, and I'm well beneath it. I'm like in the skill basement. I was never great at it to begin with, but now I'm definitely going to just be destroyed. 
I might look at it again this weekend, though. I have some time on Saturday to stream. So maybe we'll see an Apex Legends stream for the first time in forever. Um, maybe dust off that Battle Royale badly uh, feature that I used to do. Um, we'll see, though. Now on to the stupid. Or at the very least, the news I disagree with. Um, up first, Silent Hill is now a slot machine. That was released this week. Uh, Konami just doesn't have a fucking clue what they're doing. They released Silent Hill as a slot machine. Uh, it's a fancy looking slot machine. Looks like they put a lot of money into it. But I think I'm not too far off the mark when I say that the average Silent Hill fan did not want a slot machine. They wanted a fucking Silent Hill game. Maybe they wanted the one that PT was supposed to be. The one that Norman Reedus was supposed to be in. Um, fucking slot machine. Now granted, Jim Sterling did a good video about it today. Um, the new Contra is bad. Um, the last Metal Gear game, Survive, was bad. Maybe Konami doesn't know what they're doing anymore. Um, maybe it's not a horrible thing that they're making slot machines. And not games. Because their last couple attempts at games haven't been great. Um, I have Metal Gear Survive on Game Pass. And it's too much of a hassle to download to play. Like I played the demo of it. I played about 20 minutes if that of the demo of it. And I never wanted to touch it again. Um, and then I haven't played the new Contra game. But I hear it is awful. Everyone that I've seen talk about it says it's awful. I think all you really need to know about the new Contra is it's a Contra game where your gun overheats. Right there. If you know anything about Contra, you know how fucked up that idea is. Um, it's a Contra game where your gun overheats. You cannot fire constantly at the waves of enemies coming at you because your gun overheats in a Contra game. That's like a Mario game where you can't jump. But the real big dumb news in video games this week was the bullshit that went down with Blizzard. I'm sure you saw it. If you're the kind of person that listens to me talk for 40 minutes, um, you're the type of person that knows about what happened with Blizzard this week. The long and the short of it is, you know, there's a political situation, let's call it, Involving China and Hong Kong. Uh, there's some protests. There's some laws banning gas masks. There's some people getting beat up in the streets. People getting arrested. People protesting, as I said. This dude goes by the moniker of, I think it's Blitzchung. Forgive me if I get that wrong. He wins a Hearthstone tournament. Wins $10,000. Blizzard runs the tournament. It's their game. This dude gets on the stream, the cast, if you will, after the tournament's over. He's getting, you know, he's, he's the winner. They're interviewing him. And he shows up with a gas mask on and he, he yells something about, um, I'm not going to even try to quote him, obviously, because I don't speak his language. But, like, essentially he said, you know, free Hong Kong, revolution of our time, something, something close to that. While he's saying that, the two broadcasters, the two casters on the thing duck. They want their faces off the screen while he's saying this stuff. Because, you know, China, China don't take kindly to that sort of thing. 
just like this week, last week it was, was it earlier this week or last week, whenever it happened where the uh, Houston Rockets GM name escapes me because uh, I don't follow basketball, he tweeted something about it in support of Hong Kong. And the NBA in China, they're, they're like close bedfellows. NBA makes a lot of money in China. Blizzard makes a lot of money in China. I think they're partly owned by Tencent. Uh, and Tencent has their fingers in everything. They're a Chinese company, for those of you that don't know. They have their fingers in a lot of stuff. I think they own part of Ubisoft. They, I think they outright own Riot Games. Um, they own a big chunk of PUBG. Tencent, their hands are everywhere. There's a lot of money in China. Like, I remember seeing some statistic this week. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm spitballing. I'm estimating. Don't quote me. But it's something like there's like 130 million gamers in, in America. There's like six times that in, in China. Um, there is money to be made hand over fist in China. But in order to make money hand over fist, you got to kiss China's ass. The, the government, um, very strong arm over there in China, as communist nations tend to be. Um, not that's not a political statement. That is a statement of fact. Check your history books. Um, they tend to, t- tend to not like opposition. They tend to not like free speech. And Blizzard initially fired the two casters, suspended Blitzchung for a year from competition, revoked his prize money, dropped it to zero. Just before we started recording tonight, Blizzard responded. They have backed off of the firings and the year-long suspension. All three parties, I guess, now are suspended. This is according to Kotaku. Um, let me verify. I read it on Kotaku. I don't want to quote Kotaku and not be right. Um, there it was. As Jim Sterling said, they're bullshitting. Um, they... Give me just a moment to look this up, and I will re- be right back. All right. Thank you for uh, being patient for that non-existent break that, as far as you know, <laughs> I took advantage of the, the time that uh, that I, uh, I had there to also take a restroom break. But you didn't know that until I said something. So anyway, um, according to Kotaku, um, Nathan Grayson has the byline. Um they have reduced the suspensions to six months for all three individuals involved. Um, and they gave Butz Chung his money back. Um, <laughs> this, 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 is, this is rich. This is the funniest thing. In a statement, Blizzard President J. Allen Brack explained that while, Vizard, Bl- Vizard, while Blizzard tries to uphold company values that focus on diversity and global thinking, it also wants to keep esports-focused events or esports events focused on games. Blitzchung broke a rule, but Brock insists that the specific words he said weren't the issue. The specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor in the decision we made. Wink, wink. Uh, I want to be clear. Our relationship in China had no influence on our decision, and your bullshit detector should be going off. It should be pegged through the fucking roof. Um, we have these rules to keep focus on the game and the tournament to the benefit of a global audience. And that was the only consideration in the actions we took. 
if this had been the opposing viewpoint delivered in the same divisive and deliberate way, we would have felt and acted the same. I don't believe that for a second. Um, he went on to say that Blitzchung did not break any rules while playing the actual game, so he'll get to collect his prize money. However, he's suspended for six months instead of a year. Uh, we now believe he should receive his prizing, says Brock. We understand that for some this is not about the prize, and perhaps for others it is disrespectful to even discuss it. That is not our intention, but playing fair also includes appropriate pre- and post-match conduct, especially when a player accepts recognition for winning in a broadcast. When we think about the suspension, six months for what he did is more appropriate, after which time he can compete in the Hearthstone Pro Circuit again if he chooses. Um, I'm not going to read the whole article or the whole bit of comments, but that is fucking rich. Um, again, we try to stay away from politics here. Uh, I don't like them. I think, I think politics generally are divisive and toxic and I just, just want to talk about games and nerd stuff, which I know themselves. I know, I know can be very divisive (laughs) and toxic, but we try not to do that around here. I have said for weeks, months, years, I want to be more about what I enjoy, spend less time talking about what I dislike, focus more on what I like about things, um, not be so us versus them you know if i don't like resident evil 4 i should be allowed to say i didn't enjoy resident evil 4 that does nothing to diminish the enjoyment you got of it and i think nothing less of you for liking it that is very much my mo and um all that said i think blizzard's full of shit i I think that statement is full of shit it stinks it is a fucking heaping steaming pile um, you know, th- this whole thing is, is about censorship and free speech and a, a, a company while completely within their rights because they are a private company or a public company. Uh, I, don't know, I think Blizzard's publicly traded. Um, they, they, I mean, they were within their rights to do it, but it doesn't make it any less douchey, you know, it doesn't make it any less douchey that they did what they did in order to appease the Chinese investors, the Chinese companies, the Chinese government, so that they can keep making money in China. That's what it feels like to me. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm, I'm done at that point. That's also going to be the last thing we talk about on this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. I... Appreciate the hell of you for listening to me talk for damn near 50 minutes about this bullshit. Um, make sure you like, follow, subscribe. Polynerdic on all social medias, uh, or most of them. That includes, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitch, and YouTube. Also, polynerdic.com, where everything goes up. That's, that's your hub. That's your lifeline to the world of Polynerdic. As always... I have been your ordinary nerdy host. This has been the Ordinary Podcast, and I'll see you next week.